And don't forget that you're the leader and your team is watching you. Your team is listening to the same news you are. The team members are getting scared. So how is it affecting your culture? So what's the message that you're giving them? Give them the message that we are a tightly managed company that disciplines. We have a healthy account. We're going to double down on various areas and we will we will survive this better than it's not our first rodeo not our first rodeo (laughs) show show strength show grit and and use your team because teams win hey everyone welcome back to another great episode of out of the hourglass my name is molly nolan and today's episode brings you the latest edition of the business is messy series featuring brian nolan managing partner of nolan consulting group and kevin nolan CEO of Nolan Painting and partner here at NCG. For those listeners new to the podcast, the Business is Messy series is a quarterly check-in with Brian and Kevin on the state of the business environment. We talk successes, challenges, and the messes that come with running a small business. Or as Brian likes to joke, Kevin shares his messes and Brian cleans them up. This time we're talking about the economy. Let us be clear, this is not a recession-fearing episode. This is about putting strategy behind a turbulent and unpredictable economy and being prepared for taking action and getting smart about controlling the controllables. This is about acknowledging what we know to be true and doing our best to get ahead of the game. Brian and Kevin give us insight on what they are hearing, experiencing firsthand, and recommendations for how to prepare your business for turbulent economic times. We've had them before, they're happening now, they will come again. Now, let's get to the mess. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Business is Messy podcast, where Kevin shares his messes and Brian cleans it up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all work together to clean it up. Let's be real. Uh, But that's a fun little joke that we like to say. You said that. (laughs) You have so much fun, Molly, because all week long, Kevin and I are talking and and I'm cleaning up messes. Now I get to, I get to do it publicly. So it's yeah, kind of fun. fun. I could see Kevin, as I said, that first line, Kevin just cringed. Um, <laughs> but let's jump into it. I'm going to be your host for this episode. My name is Molly Nolan. Brian Nolan, Kevin Nolan, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Yes. So, so this good. particular Business is Messy podcast is about the economy, one that we can all agree is pretty turbulent right now and fairly unpredictable. So I'm going to begin with a quote uh, that came from the Wall Street Journal in an article that was released today. Um, Actually, it was released July 14th. People have money, but feel glum is the title of the article. And I want to emphasize the word feel there because I feel like that's a big part of it. Strong job market and savings have shielded consumer spending so far, but it's endangered by inflation that has some households running scared. The economic outlook now hangs on which of these forces is greater. Brian, Kev, we're going to break down the podcast in three in three parts here, but I want to first start with how do you interpret this quote? And Brian, I'll kick, up, kick it off to you first. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a word feel that I think uh, troubles me um, because uh, um, I think the feel can cause the hype. And, and so I, I immediately go towards trying to uh, figure out what I can control. I immediately want to get information certainly information is real i'm sorry inflation is real mm. um and so how is inflation affecting us i think uh, kev's going to talk pretty deeply about how it's affecting his business now 
Um, but then I'm going to talk a little bit about how we can manage our financial systems and and cash and um, things to make sure that we can survive and ride this turbulent economy. And, and those are the controllables, Brian. Those are the controllables that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, and I'm going to hit several of them during this podcast. Um, but this this uh, people feeling glum. Um, is tough because business is a game. You have ups and downs. And uh, instead of feeling glum, I want people to practice good management. Brian, I remember you and me used to do a seminar. We were traveling the country doing a seminar called How to Survive the Recession. Oh, I remember and that. I remember it used to really make me feel good because that was all solution-based. And even though business was really bad at home, uh, I felt good because we were talking about how to survive the recession. I think that was 2009, 2010. We were, we were traveling the, the, the country, basically talking to groups, and we were talking about things you can control. You so know, that, I, was, I would say uh, anxiety and action uh, can't coexist. Uh, yeah. Also, you can't have a good thought and a bad thought at the same time. So right. you immediately have to say, okay, so that's the reality now, or what is the reality and how am I going to deal with it? I, I think this podcast is going to deal with the reality and how we're moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, the, we talked about how much turbulence there is. The last three years, reality has been uh, turbulent. It's, you know, it's one thing or another. You know, last year, uh, the, the reality was is we couldn't find people. Demand was strong. Um, it was overbearing. I couldn't find people. Demand was strong. It was very, it was very impactful. Profits were high. We were able to charge a lot of money for our services. And so from a financial perspective, it was one of our best years. It wasn't our biggest year, but it was our, one of our more profitable years. Um, <clears throat> now I seem to have solved the problem of hiring and I've got staff. We're staffed up higher than we've been since the pandemic. I think we've hired, uh, we've increased our workforce 25% in the last three months. So uh, I just can't believe that. I've added another 27 people in the field. Um, and I've now just to only look at another problem, which is uh, inflation. That's the real problem right now. That's the wolf at the door is inflation because our profits are are being changed um, as we speak. And it feels like it's really a moving target, like inflation is happening. I, I was kind of lulled into listening to the news and they're saying 8.6% or 8.7%. And, you know, I've been in business a long time, the biggest in 40 years, which is how long I've been in business. Uh, anyway, uh, they, uh, they're saying 8.6%. When we did a study internally, our costs have gone up way more than 8.6%. And I, my biggest fear is I'm not charging enough money right now. So that's my biggest fear. It's inflation and how it is literally become, you know, it's like a third world country when it's going up 20% for your sundries and 30% for your labor and 90% for your gas. Um, how do you run a business in that environment? So I, I feel like it's safe to say that that title of the article hits home for anybody who reads it, um, especially if you read the article as well, you very much can kind of put yourself in one of those positions that kind of gives examples of different different scenarios of people in different um, parts of the country and how, you know, they saved money, they 
stop spending or, or stay, start, stop spending on certain things and started spending on a lot of other things during the pandemic. Uh, but now there's there's this concern as we see inflation, your paycheck hits is a little bit less each time. And that's a, that, well, that feels pretty I mean, glum. That's a shame just to jump in that. This is, I had a company meeting yesterday in person. Um, and what I, I, I felt bad for the employees. You know, we'd given them, um, as we came out of the pa- pandemic, uh, employees were valued very highly. So they were given benefits and they were given wage increases that I, a lot of us in the industry felt they solely deserved. I mean, they weren't getting paid enough. Customers didn't seem to want to pay enough to pay somebody a decent wage to paint their house or to do any services, wait on them at the restaurant or help them in the hospital, all these places where you were, you need to pay people a, a living wage, right? And, mm-hmm. and market, the market has to demand that. So finally, the market demands that and we start paying people wages. And then all of a sudden, inflation comes in and takes that, that, that benefit, that whatever beneficial effect was there gets taken away anyway. from you. It's really so, so let's, I think this is a good start in terms of kind of interpreting what we're feeling right now and what we're seeing. So let's, in terms of, you know, this episode, let's move it into three parts, talking about one, kind of your experience, Kev, what are you seeing with business in the last three months? Um, then I'd like to move into what are you all doing now, Brian? What are you seeing um, other clients doing, other summit members across the country? And then what are our recommendations here on how to prepare your business for turbulent times? Um, so those will kind of be the, the three sections of this episode. So let's move into the first. Your experience in the last three months, Kev, how is business? Are you seeing leads affected, people, customer issues? What's going on? <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it gets back to what Brian was sort of leading to. No, the demand is still strong. Uh, and despite the fact that everybody's 401k and, and maybe a lot of their long-term savings have been affected, Demand is still strong. The, the demographic still says people want our services. And so uh, that's been good. Uh, we booked up the whole season pretty early. Right now, we're, we're so busy, we're not even taking on any, any new work for the, for the year um, until um, we're doing some repeat uh, estimates. But I've done the situation again where I've sort of furloughed my sales team, um, repurposed them now as project managers. So it's very similar to last year in that respect, lots of demand. Obviously there's fear out there that that demand is not gonna last indefinitely, Um, but uh, no, still very high demand. As I mentioned to you, we were able to increase our feet on the street um, and we've got our hiring working. It's uh, it's amazing. It's the the leads are up, um, the quality of the, the applicants is up. And so that's a good sign. And then now, uh, we had a shocker in May when we, we had some high health care costs and we actually lost money in May. And that was a bit of a wake up call that, oh boy, inflation is real and it's happening now. And since then, I've been hearing sirens about inflation as my biggest foe. And that's what I'm the most concerned about. Because like I said, I've done some studies and I'm concerned that we have not charged our customers you know, you're always afraid of something as a business owner. You're always looking at the next potential problem and trying to get ahead of it. Mine right now is, is that are we charging our customers enough for our services to cover our costs and make a profit? Mm-hmm. Brian? Now, I, I want to get on price here um, shortly, but I, I have a, a perspective of talking to members in a lot of regions. And what I'm seeing is um, inconsistency in leads. Some markets are demand is super strong. Some markets are falling way off. It's not a national thing. It's consistent. It's not not consistent at all. 
I am seeing close rates fall a little bit. Some of the buyers are starting to balk to the increasing in prices. Uh, just, just recently, I'm hearing about large commercial projects getting canceled as, as some of those customers are anticipating uh, some problems. I am hearing that the, the employees are a better situation, Kev, throughout the country. It's still tough, but uh, there seems to be more availability of workers than there was in the past. Um, I, I think the key right now is tracking leads and close rate, almost like a heartbeat every day. Kev, you've been doing this for years. And I, yeah, but like I said, I, I'm not doing, we're not even doing that right now because we're so booked up. Yeah. You know, right. So. But you, you, you've been doing that. You will be doing that. Oh yeah. We, we do, do track them and we, obviously we've been, we, we track leads, but we haven't made leads a KPI that has meant a lot over the last couple of years because there've been abundance. I want to make an important point there as well. Brian, when you highlight tracking of leads and, and estimates, and this comes from a, a marketing peer group conversation that I just had yesterday with, with some, with some members, make sure that you are tracking all of the leads that contact you, not just tracking the information from the customers who you end up going on a bid with, because we are losing information if we are not capturing who is, call, who is calling those phones or who's submitting the web form. That is information that you want to be able to have to understand why you didn't get that Get, get that lead. That is an additional um, person to be adding to your, your, you know, your email distribution list. I'm seeing a lot of people not, not kind of worrying about those, especially because we can't, we can't do the work right now. Then the, the phone gets hung up. So change your script, making sure you're collecting all that information up front and then Absolutely. address, and then addressing time frame. Good. That's, Good. that's what we need. Yeah. You know what we did last year? We're going to do it again. We put people on a list and then we reach out to them when we are able to get back to them with a reasonable time frame, and last year was incredibly successful um, because people they haven't been able to fill that need with other people yet. They haven't been able to get the services. I think a lot of contractors are still busy right now. The problem is, is is that when we are not busy, that's when the music stops and it's musical chairs. And it, Brian, we know from the past that that, that this it happens all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, all of a sudden. Two thousand eight. Oh, November yeah. of 2008, and the music stopped. And then, and then people become a deer in headlights. Uh, yeah. You know, the message that I, I want to say is um, obsess over leads. That is, shorten the time period by which you're getting information. This seems to be daily. Uh, don't wait like the month and go, oh, shoot, we only got 100 leads. We were supposed to get 250. When, when times are tough, you need, you need information quicker and be able to make moves quicker when times are tough. Access to uh, the information and then more huddles. I'm talking about a war room where you are tr tracking the stats. Think about someone in intensive care. You're tracking the stats. We're not there yet, but you need to start doing that. So what are you, Kev, now I mean, having realized, looking back at the last three months, have things have been pretty well, I mean, pretty good. The You've got enough feet on the street. The business demand is still high. Yeah, you just, you you spoke to this this inflation issue and you're doing, you know, analysis and seeing the actual costs and the impact. So how, what are you guys doing right now to kind of change course or handle this? Well, so it started with communication and, you know, <clears throat> part of my job is to make sure that everybody's aware of what's happening. Um, 
you know, it just so happens that I'm transparent and really can't, you know, can't not talk about it. So I'm talking about it with the sales team. We are still doing some lining up some projects and I'm like, so we can't do a project that was quoted more than 30 days ago without addressing price. We can't, um, we can't give, we can't be below the, the sales rate that we're trying to achieve. We're trying to reinforce constantly that we, I'm, I'm letting the sales team know that we absolutely need top dollar. We need to be charging top dollar. You, you can't be trying to get a job and giving a break on it and, and then having that impact our profitability a couple months from now. And to just constant reinforcement and letting people know what the problem is and how they can help. I mean, at I, the company meeting last night, I, I took my, my team is doing great. Productivity is at 104% in, across the company. Um, customer service is super high. We're getting great Google reviews. Um, so, so I'm telling my team, like, I, I really can't ask much more out of you. You guys are doing a great job and you're taking really good care of customers. The only thing I'm going to ask you is, is those that can teach, teach, and those that can learn, learn because I have a lot of new people and they need to be taught by the people that, that know. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, so that's the kind of messaging that I want. So we talk about lifeboats and things like that. We're not on lifeboats yet, but I want them to know what's happening and how they can impact the company to make it profitable because so today's Friday, we're taping this on a Friday. It's free lunch Friday. I, we buy the whole company free lunches on Fridays. You know, three to six months ago when we were trying to attract people, free lunch Fridays sound like a great idea. You try to cancel free lunch, free lunch Fridays once you start it. Um, they all buy lunches and have it delivered to jobs. They send the receipts in. We pay them. It's, it's five or $600 a week. Yes, it's small, it's small impacts that actually make a big difference from a morale standpoint and culture standpoint. And yeah. in a time where we're feeling glum because inflation is really high, we can't start taking away those things that, that truly in, impact culture. Yeah. So at any rate, I want to let them know that that's something special that we do and that I want them to understand that we, these are turbulent times um, and that we think we have some plans. One of the plans that we have is since we got our feet in the street number higher, right? Our overhead is paid for with the, with the 88 feet in the street that we were hoping to have. We now have 102 feet on the street. So our overhead is already covered with the first 88. Everything after that is marginal productivity. And theoretically, we should be able to crush numbers, do higher revenue. And then those expenses get shared across the, the platform. Anyway, that's the plan. Brian, and, and for you, from speaking with clients, what are you seeing um, in terms of what people are, are doing now, knowing what the past, the, the last three months have been? Oh, yeah, well, I, I do want to go back because uh, some of my uh, conversation is around what the article talked about, which oh, is yeah. that jobs, um, jobs are still plentiful and there's money in people's hands. Um, there, so it's a, if we, if we want to use this R word recession, it's different than anything we've experienced before. Absolutely. So, um, I, I'm not on the side that this is going to drastically impact contractors. I, I agree. I think uh, that the world is incredibly turbulent right now and the economy is just having shockwaves from it. It's, have, it's having shockwaves and, and some people will have fears and so they won't buy something, um, but uh, people still will. And, and by the way, the boomers have a lot of money. There's a lot of people retiring with money right now. And um, they're going to spend the money. 
uh, whether it's vacation. You can't or, take it with you, Brian. You can't take it with you. You can't. Um, so I, I, I'm recommending like uh, uh, price discussions regularly. This is like an airplane pricing situation. You need to have pricing situations regularly. Information in, what's going up? Wages are going up. Supplies are going up. And it's okay if you're going to get some customers saying, I can't pay that. Well, okay, let's do less customers at a higher rate then because we can't just start giving away this stuff. You know, Kev, you un unfortunately are being penalized for some great sales work. You guys were booked three months out and oh my goodness, how do you go back right. to them to raise, yeah. raise yep. prices? Can, yeah. I, can I ask, Kev, are you, are you having to do that? Are you raising prices on things that you've already bid? And what are those no, conversations no, like? Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw what happened to Rivian when they tried to pull that off. Um, no. And incidentally, Ford just pulled it off on me. They canceled some truck orders and they made me reorder them for 2023 with $2,000 price increases. Oh, uh, brutal. But anyway, I know we're not, we're trying not to do that. I, I, I'm right now, I'm just monitoring it closely and indicating, because I think that the few dollars marginally that I would gain from that would be really damaging to our brand. Um, but no, Brian's right. I mean, we're talking about money and that means we're talking about expenses and paying more attention to that. Um, and we're, um, we, like I said, we've, our plan is to, to do more volume and therefore, you know, uh, well, my dad used to always say, you can't lose money on every job and make it up on volume. Um, but you can make a little bit of money on every job and make it up on volume. So that's, that's what we're, we're trying to make sure that we do that jobs are profitable because they're run correctly. Um, but also we can, we're, we're going to hit big volume numbers back again. Um, and then we'll see what happens, you know, as the season turns and if the music stops. And I think we're going to talk in a minute or two about, you know, what happens. Because as, as George A. Papo, he says, I correctly predicted, I've incorrectly predicted, or I don't know what he ever says, but uh, 10 of the last four recessions. <laughs> so, um, so I've always sort of, I've been living like a recession could happen for a long time in the sense that uh, you've got to keep money in the bank. It's just too scary a business to be borrowing, borrowing, borrowing and not have cash flow and all that happen. So if you, anything you can do now that would increase whatever you can save into cash is going to be what gets you through any situation. Brian, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned keeping money in the bank account. So I will, I want to speak to what I'm going to, going to recommend is sort of the first fiscal change that you make. Um, we, we, um, we teach the profit first bank account system, um, which is that you set up se several accounts. Um, and uh, so profit first says you set up an operating account, you set up a tax account, you set up a reserve account, you set up a profit account. And um, Kev, you've been doing this. So if your operating account is, is going low, you still don't stop your reserve account funding. You reserve that. If your profit account, so you, op you actually operate in scarcity and you deposit money into each of these accounts um, according to sort of target allocation percentages based upon your budget. This is a book by Michael McCallowitz. Uh, that is, uh, we started doing that here in our business and I love it because particularly if, if people are taking a lot of profits out of their business, like, okay, you can take profits as an owner, but you can't rob the other parts of your business. 
Yeah. And um, so well, Ken, it's a discipline too, right? Pride to discipline. It's a great discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You really teed me up for this one, and I, you didn't mean to either. But so we've been doing profit first, you know, mentality for years. And so what Steve says to me this morning is, I keep having to hit our reserve account. I keep having to hit our reserve account. So we tighten the belt so freaking much that we're poor all the time. That operating account is poor on Monday and it has to get refilled on Thursday. Meanwhile, I've got payments going to all these different accounts, equity accounts and retirement accounts and you know different types of reserve accounts and holding accounts and all this stuff. And it turns out that since we're our profitability now is being pinched, right? I just was telling you, our, our profitability is being pinched. We made profit in June, but not as much as we wanted. We didn't make any profit in May. Guess what? Your profitability is being pinched. Now, all of a sudden, I can't afford the allocations in all these accounts. So I have to sort of rebalance. Therefore, you have to make some changes organizationally, don't you? Yes. Or raise prices. Yes. Or, right? Yeah. Uh, a changing the behavior. So it's going to change whatever we have to really allocate it, look at things closer and make some tougher decisions about the way we're doing things. And that's what Profit First says to you. It says that when you take profit at the beginning, if it doesn't add up at the bottom, something has to happen. Something in your model's got to change. Something in your model's got to change. It means your model's not working. If you and one of my concerns is that we're building our model, we're running our model on January of 2022, and guess what? It's July of 2022, and the world has changed. So yeah. we've uh, we forecasted again. For the last three years, I've started with a plan in January, and it made it till June, and then it had to be reforecasted. Sure. I would say that was after six or seven years of like crushing it in terms of build the model in January, and it worked. So, oh, well, it's just about being, it's about doing that reforecast in June and it's about being light on your feet and making those changes in a planned way. I mean, we were saving, I remember, I'll let you go in a second, Brian, because I see you're itchy there. But uh, <laughs> we wanted to have a meeting in May to do some reforecasting. And for scheduling, because we knew the second quarter was ending, the world was changing as we spoke. And so... We decided, you know, it was going to be, we're going to have our business planning meeting in, in uh, June 14th. And we waited to June 14th. And the world has already changed from beginning of May to June 14th. So much so that I was glad that we had waited because it was like new information's coming in about pricing and things like that. But now we have a plan for the next quarter, the one we're currently in, the third quarter of the year. And we'll reevaluate it in September. I, I think it's pretty, I think we're pretty clear, but who knows? Hopefully we won't make changes. I don't like to make those type of changes, but if we do, they'll be, they'll be done in a, you know, we'll do them in a structured environment around cascading planning process where we're, we're doing it, you know, thoughtfully with inputs. Go Bri. So back to these accounts, you know, um, so, reserve account for the past past 10 years we have been prophesizing and yelling and screaming you need two months reserves in your account you need two months in a vault and and now's why you need it and so uh make sure that you focus on two months of reserves and then people ask me 
all the time. Well, what about my debt? Should I, should I buy something new um, right now? And I say, well, first make sure you have two months reserves in your account, but then be careful, model a decline in your business. There's a, a phrase that says cows get fat and pigs get slaughtered. So um, I used that recently when someone was ahead a of their budget and, but they wanted to buy something else. I was like, be careful here. Um, so this, this profit first account is account strategy, I think is a, by the way, these are, these are not investment accounts. These are low interest bearing safe accounts. Um, that was not very popular a year ago. I remember even talking to my own financial planner and him saying to me, I don't know, you're very conservative on these accounts. Um, but they're not investment accounts. I have investment accounts, by the way, I was clobbered on my investment accounts, clobbered. I have them. They were clobbered, but these are not that. These are reserve accounts. I don't. I didn't get clobbered in these accounts. These were. These are in money market accounts and things like that. All right. So we talked about you know in terms of recommendations here, reviewing your sales price regularly, the profit first bank account um, strategy, building up cash, two months um, overhead. Then what about? Um, the team, how are we thinking about the team and the people that we have from the organizational perspective um, and just thinking about categorizing even overhead expenses? This is one of the things Kevin, I, I think has done the best uh, dating back from 2010 when um, he kept his five senior leaders. Um, so I'm, I think Kev, you, you're always ranking your team. I, I'm gonna let you speak to this one. Well, it's hard, you know, and it's hard because, you know, I don't know who listens to this podcast, if any of them work for me or whatever. <laughs> but at any rate, um, I was talking yesterday to somebody about, so when, you know, what the company subsidizes and when it's willing to uh, keep people, even if the numbers aren't great and stuff like that. And then what happens if you just cut people because the economy had a bad month or three? Um you certainly wouldn't build a team of people that didn't survive thick and thin. So these are all tough decisions, you know, but you, it's about obviously being a business person that has to manage towards the bottom line. You have to keep the company, you're sort of obligated to keep the company in the green, I think. I mean, the company has to make money. That's sort of the rules of the game, right? So these are all tough decisions, but uh yeah, we're we're the first goal is to is to cut expenses so that you can stay profitable, and then to evaluate people and decide whether you'll go thick and thin with them. Remember, Brad, we talked about lifeboats and people on the lifeboats, and I go through all these mentality structures. I had similar things, you know, just a couple of years ago with COVID when everybody was let go and we brought people back and we didn't bring them all back, and there were some really really tough emotional things that happened. I brought a I had a really, you know, high quality salesperson that I didn't bring back. And so, um, yeah, there's nothing easy about it. But if you're a business person, you play by those business rules and you get you consult with people um, and then decide who you want to go through the thin with as well as the thick. Mm -hmm. um, so and luckily, I've kept some people around me through the thin that I know will be there um, because I can I can trust them and trust in. You know, I, I was talking to somebody about, about our sales team. Our sales team is so awesome that despite the fact that I am oversold and can't really keep them busy in sales capacity, 
I am willing to subsidize them in the position for two months because you just don't get people like them. They just don't arrive in your world very often. I know them. There's trust is built. They're with me many, many years. Um, they're awesome. So yeah, I'll invest in them. Molly, I have a, a, a plaque on, on my wall here uh, that that's one of the proudest things that I've gotten as a leader here. It was from a, a large group of uh, summit, summit members and they had this engraved and um, I'll sort of cut to the chase because it's a, a uh, statement, but they wanted to express sincere gratitude for your foresight, dedication and perseverance before and during the economic downturn of 2008 through 2011. Your counsel to batten down the hatches, cut costs and conserve cash made it possible for us to fight another day. And so this is just part of the game and it's, it's another quarter in the game. And what I, what I suggest you do is you model a decrease. You do, do a save as in your budget and model a 25% decrease and understand um, how compensation will be impacted, understand who you would let go first and understand how you're going to keep uh, your business alive in the game. It's like Monopoly. You, you can't run out of money, so you got to play the game. I think that's kind of one of the biggest things I'm hearing out of both of you is that, and, and I think this is, it's, it's a nice change in the conversation because I think the media and the news, everything that we hear is just fear, fear, fear. It's scary. Mm. What's going to happen? You know, you know, what's going to happen next month. But this conversation is just about strategy. It's a, it's about understanding and having a really good read on, on where you're at and being prepared for a couple different scenarios. And it's not about fear. This is not about fear. This is just about playing the economic turbulent game. That's it exactly had it's right. happened it's happened before it's happening now it'll happen again. When they say about they say about fear it's false evidence appearing real. Um, I recently did a, um, a hot coal walk. Remember, I was telling you I did. I walked on hot coals. I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and uh, it was really all about fear. And there is a lot of false evidence about whether that'll burn your feet or not. And I didn't get my feet burned. And, but it was really about the fear of doing it. And I felt the fear of walking over the coals. Oh yeah. And, and yet um, it was a supervised event and nobody got hurt. I think a hundred people did it. So uh, it was really all about fear. That was the whole you know, exercise. Yeah. And uh, the opposite action, of fear. Like you said before, of, Brian, it's action basically in fear. I'm just going to say the opposite of fear is doing. Yes. The opposite of fear is doing. And so, you know, something else to do is to get aggressive with your AR accounts receivable. If your AR processes are not as tight as they can possibly be, stop right now and make that number one priority. So let me tell you how I did that. To your point, a couple of weeks ago, we were, we were, I was talking to you about that. I basically told everybody that we were starting to struggle making all of our contributions to our profit first accounts that I needed to start to tighten down on all the accounts receivable. We are a COD business. I need terms. Once in a while, there'll be a, a commercial project or something that'll say 30 days. So I said, that means 30 days, not 31. So we just started to, I started to talk to talk about the fact that we're going to get down on these receivables. I gave people a heads up. So that way they had a week or two to get their house in order. And then I said things like uh, the meetings, 
um, if the if it's more than three or four days old, um, no law. We don't wait anymore. We we now facilitate payment with. We don't remind anymore. We now call and ask for payment, and ask to either take a credit card or go pick up payment, and there, nothing should be more than seven days old. So we immediately dropped our receivables by like a hundred thousand dollars in a matter of two weeks, and. Um, now the new standard for as long as we shine the light on it, the new standard is less than seven days again. And it'll creep up again if we don't pay attention to it. But right now our receivables are under control um, because we are, we are focusing on it. Yeah, see, so we're talking about things that are good financial management disciplines yeah. in good times and in bad. The problem is when things are really good, sometimes people, they get sloppy and they, right. and they forget these things. And like, Things like job cost forums, looking at your job costing, so you know what uh, what jobs you shouldn't be doing. What's your sweet spot jobs? Like double down on analyzing. It's not about um, revenue; it's about profitability. So understand right. what jobs you shouldn't be doing, and spend the time to slow down and look at your business. Well, it's funny because last year I was saying, because we had a really profitable year, but we, we were struggling to hit our revenue numbers. And I was running around saying, uh, revenue, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, right? And now uh, we're going to beat, we're going to have the highest revenue number we've ever had. And for some reason, I do not feel satisfied at all because I'm really focusing on my sanity, which is profitability, right? And that's, that's way I've, I've come to realize this after years of trying to grow, 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 that there's really nothing more than profitability. It is the lifeblood of a company. What keeps the doors open. Yeah. Brian or Kev, anything else to add in terms of recommendations here um, as we think about yeah. moving forward? Yeah, let me say a few, you know, double down on your core customers. I think, uh, you know, Kev, you've always done that. Um, sure. So, so whatever you can do to keep them, uh, um, in your front um, mirror as future customers. Um, I think cash flow tools are pretty important uh, to project out your cash and, and start to put those in play. Those are always really important. Um, and I, I call them more, more frequent battlefield huddles. You know, bring your team in often so you, you're getting information on uh, statistics and, and you can affect behavior quicker. I think is really key there. Um, I, I've got one here, reinvent business development. Uh, I remember Kev 2010 meeting with your sales team and they were starting to remember the binders that they had. They started going after private schools and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think you got to start that now, not when the phone stops and say, okay, right. I better reach out to people, but make sure you're out there. People know who you are. Those are just a few. Yeah, and I think ultimately, uh, don't panic because I think we said at the beginning of the call, I, I, I've been through a number of these recessions and some of them I predicted and some of them um, never happened, even though I predicted them. But you know, like in 2000, we apparently had a recession that was pretty severe and it didn't affect me at all. My company grew through the whole process. Um, we all got hit by 2008. No one really sees that again. So I, I think that some of this turbulence will eventually settle down, and you know, ultimately, some of the some of the events in the world should hopefully settle down. And there's no reason to be running around with sirens in your head, um, other than the here and now, what you can control here and now. 
yeah, I mean, those are the things that are in my head. What can I do now? Not what's going to happen down the road. And, and don't forget that you're the leader and your team is watching you. So mm -hmm. your team is listening to the same news you are. The team members are getting scared. So how is it affecting your culture? So what's the message that you're giving them? Give them the message that we are a tightly managed company. Yeah. That disciplines. Uh, we have a healthy account. Um, we're going to double down on various areas and we will we will survive this better than it's not our first rodeo <laughs> not our first rodeo show show strength show grit yeah and and use your team because teams win yeah yeah and, and you know to get back to the beginning beginning of the conversation ultimately we're going to be needing people again even i mean it's it's going to be the demand of our hiring people is going to be for the next decade so these are some of the things you want to stay the course on is creating that team and that culture and sticking, keeping the good people and going through thick and thin with them and having some battle stories to talk about. In the meantime, you know, have a good summer and um, go out and ride a bike or something like that. Yeah, Kev, Samang and I are glad that we, we, we were able to help you clean up the mess. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is really productive. Kev, do you feel, do you my feel problems like- are not solved. <laughs> <laughs> So. But the business is messy and we're just we're just cleaning, messy, cleaning up uh, the messes. That's part of it. You just accept it for what it is and control what you can control. Well, I think we have to leave it there. Kevin, Brian, right. thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the, the inputs and the strategies, strategies and wisdom that you guys have to share, especially just thinking about the past experiences and what you all have seen, what you are hearing. Um, and I, I, it goes back to let's let's not be scared. Let's 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 take control. And we'll see you in the next quarter, right? We do this again next quarter. We will be back in, in uh, yeah, we'll be back in Q4. Let's hope some of those turbulent waves have settled down a little bit. Let us hope. Thank you all. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.